0: Facebook have actually made it harder for targeting. So I actually use a tool called Interest Explorer, which helps find some really micro niche or niche for American listeners, um, audiences.
1: Riches in the niches, Alana. The exactly. riches are in the niches. It
0: just still feels weird to say niches in Australia.
1: It does. It's just not right, okay? America, please, just change.
0: Just change. Change to us. We're the right way.
1: This is super fast Business with James Shranko. James Shranko helping you build your business super fast. 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 James Shramko here. Welcome back to superfastbusiness.com. This is episode 854. Today we're going to be talking about traffic and the best way to do that, I think, in this case, is a case study. So I brought along my special guest friend and regular co-host on this topic. Welcome, Alana Wexler.
0: Thank you, James. It's great to be here.
1: It is. It looks like you're repping the brand today. You've got the Teach Traffic merch Available at all great Teach Traffic websites near you. (laughs) Good to see.
0: I thought it's time to get some merch.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I love a good case study because we're not just romancing some theoretical idea. We haven't just read some book or been through a course and we're imagining what could happen. This is real in the trenches stuff. You're taking a case study from Teach Traffic now, you've got a whole documented case study on your website and we'll link to that in our show notes. So if you're interested in this episode and you want to dive a little bit further, then you can go and check it out. But I'm going to sort of walk you through this. I might ask you a few questions, Alana, mm. and we can just see what we can learn from this. How can we apply this to our business? And I'll certainly be taking notes as well. So in this case, you've got someone in a non-typical business market. You've got someone in, in a music market, which I think is great. Because we often hear in case studies about online businesses, and and it can all get a little bit too close. Mm. So if this stuff works for a regular business, it's probably going to work for many other businesses. Why don't we talk about the start of this situation?
0: Yeah. So obviously, this particular person I was helping inside Teach Traffic, and as you mentioned, they've got a membership in the sort of music industry, which is not your typical, you know, internet marketing business, which is also what I like as well. And the problem they were having is they were running their own traffic and they were sort of getting a diminishing return from their ads. So the ads were performing really well. And then they were kind of like dropping off a common sort of scenario. They were just doing Facebook ads at that point. And they were actually generating leads. So free leads and running some kind of free offer. I think he said he got you know several thousand leads and he didn't actually generate one sale from those leads, which is actually really typical. And I think at the time of this recording in 2021, the era of sort of building a database full of people downloading free reports and all this stuff can be worthless if you don't have something of value. And that's probably a whole other discussion.
1: Well, it's an interesting discussion because I know, know you're aware that I run a free offer campaign. I've been running paid traffic to my book. I've been running paid traffic to my challenge, which is free. And you've said you've seen such great results with paid challenges. Mm. And you asked me the question, are those free leads converting into sales? And that is the critical question. So we shouldn't be enamored by a big list. Big list means nothing if they have no commercial intent. So I imagine a lot has to do with the framing and the targeting of who's coming onto that program.
0: Exactly. As well as obviously the back end that comes with that free lead. But anyway, in the situation that we're talking about now, this particular person was getting thousands of leads, costing him money obviously on the ads to generate the leads, but also from his email marketing as well and storing those leads. Cause you know, you get a bigger database, it costs you more as
1: well. That's true. Like every time we hit a hundred thousand broadcasts for the month, Entreport gives us a surcharge. So it's not free to communicate with your list. And I remember one of my clients had hundreds of thousands of email subscribers and he didn't know what to sell them. And it was costing him a fortune just to have them sit there. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So there's a real cost to that. So you really need to be able to convert those leads into sales. And this particular member just was really struggling. And so then it becomes a question of, well, is this a problem with our offer or all the leads that we're generating in the platform? Anyway, so that was sort of main issue as well as It's a very actually competitive industry and there are some big competitors out there in the music industry with some pretty deep pockets. So how does a one-man band type person, you know, compete with a behemoth like that?
1: I know how. They're not one man anymore. They're one man and one teach traffic lady comes (laughs) to the rescue and her teach traffic shirt. Does that thing have a cape? It should have a cape because you're a traffic superhero. I'm going to see if we can get a cape add-on to that merch.
0: Hilarious. So yeah, so that was sort of the problem that this particular member was facing. So challenge accepted. I thought, right, let's get to work. And so first step in trying to solve this problem was really delving deep into proper customer avatar, you know, like doing the worksheets of, you know, who exactly is your target customer? What are their pains? What are their frustrations? What do they like? What do they don't like? What's keeping them up at night? At the end of the day, it's really worthwhile time spent to go deep into customer research because you want to write an ad ultimately, and we're not there yet, but write an ad that speaks to them so profoundly that they think to themselves when they read your ad, you read my mind, you know? So you want to really know what's going on between their ears. And that helps obviously with your targeting, but also with your ad copy.
1: Something that just comes up here. Did this customer have good visibility on what was happening? Like obviously even a step before research is knowing you have the problem. How's the analytics and the tracking and the data? Is that something that most people have or do not have? And do you need this to be able to make decisions?
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, that's sort of the starting point, but this particular member, I believe he was doing conversion tracking and even just he saw his email subscriber count going up. But at the end of the day in his bank account, that wasn't going up correspondingly. So although he didn't have the exact numbers, he knew pretty profoundly that he's spending all this money on ads, generating leads, and that's encouraging. But yet, no matter what he did, he just couldn't turn those leads into money in the bank, really. And, you know, we all know you can't go and buy groceries with email subscribers, right? So
1: come on. I'm an Instagram influencer. I'm not, by the way. (laughs) You know, can I have a free chocolate bar? I have 100,000 followers because of my shirtless pictures posed on front of rented cars next to my Airbnb. (laughs) Honestly, that whole world cracks me up. This is such a common thing. Spending money on ads, not sure if they're getting a result or they know they're not getting a great result, but they don't know why. Mm. So make sure your data and your tracking metrics are in place. We've talked about that in previous episodes and we'll link to some of those as well. So you've gone and done the hard work. This is the same process every good copywriter does. Every person going into a new market, I do it. I pull out a spreadsheet and I start researching who's in the market, who are they talking to, what language is being used. It's got parallels with the ask method, for example. So you've done the hard work to get very clear on who you want to put in your little sniper sites. I'm gathering
0: exactly, and that really helps with, as I said, you know, really at some advanced targeting strategies that we were going to do on Facebook. We can really sort of layer audiences, and actually, um, one tip for your listeners is with the whole Apple iOS update, you know, Facebook have actually made it harder for targeting. So I actually use a tool called Interest Explorer, which helps find some really micro niche or niche for American listeners, um,
1: audiences. Riches in the niches, Alana. The riches are in the niches.
0: It still feels weird to say niches in (laughs) Australia.
1: It does. It's just not right. Okay. America, please just change.
0: Just change. Change to us. We're the right way. Yes. So that we could really just micro target our audiences and and sort of layer audiences by including and excluding audiences to really go deep into exactly who we want. And so we could nail the targeting on Facebook. And then once we had done that, I also helped this member craft actually a new offer because James, you have drummed this into me from back in the day, that you just need an offer that converts. And I mean, no one else has drummed that into me like you have. So that's everything with paid traffic.
1: Well, it's just like, that's it. Everyone's obsessed with traffic, but there's no point driving traffic into a, like if the traffic was water and it's going to a bucket if the bucket has no bottom, it just goes straight back out again. And it's a fast way to get poor. <laughs> Got to plug those holes. You have to have something that's working well. And that's why having that offer that converts, I still think it's the hardest thing to do. But once you nail it, then that is sort of opens up the floodgates to all the other great problems you'll have as a business owner. Like, how do I get enough team to handle all this business I'm getting?
0: I couldn't agree more. Like, yeah, definitely not sugarcoating it. Like, it is not easy finding that offer that converts, but it is worthwhile testing different offers because I know as a traffic person, the difference in performance from an offer that converts versus one that doesn't work is like night and day. Like, you literally cannot compare. The performance of your campaigns with something that just works it's like you've got a naked flame and the pay traffic just pours gasoline on that naked flame as opposed to just water on it
1: <laughs> you know this is my rant so many people walking around with crappy offers burning through different traffic agencies or trying different traffic right. and complaining about everyone and everything else except for their shitty offer yeah. and my friend dan Dan Norris, you know, the guy who's set up Black Hops Brewery, he had a great post on social media yesterday. I I did sneak into social media and check it out. And he was saying, like, you could spend all your time and energy trying to flog a really crappy offer, or you just make an incredible offer, great product, and then have the world beating a path to your door to buy it from you. And, you know, that's what he's done with his beer. I certainly spend most of my time on fulfillment and looking after customers and then it's amazing how many referrals and so forth you get but you get to know your customer and this is the key then you can exclude all the other audiences who are not even remotely close to the perfect customer and so what you're talking about niches and niches is identifying where you'd be just wasting your money and that sounds like the initial problem this client had they were just spending money but getting the wrong type of people and they weren't resonating with the offer that was available at the time so I know every traffic professional I work with, one of their candidate criteria is they have to work with someone who's got a great offer. Mm. If you don't have a great offer, they won't take your business. And I imagine that's pretty true for teachtraffic.com. You would be looking for people's sort of the quality of their offer. Would you be able to tell someone fairly quickly if their offer is good or bad based on what you can see in the data?
0: Look, absolutely. And I mean, it was glaringly obvious to me with this particular member that he needed to change his offer. and. You know, I think many people struggle with this because they feel quite wedded to their offer that they're running. But it's, you can't be wedded to this stuff. You just got to try lots of different things, you know?
1: It's what I learned when someone came in to buy a bright red SL500 once. So it was, it was like bright red, the reddest red you could have. And I'm like, that is just. Awful. And my boss said to me at the time, I was young and new, and he said, Your opinion doesn't matter. He said, The only pin that matters is the customer's opinion. And that's true when you're selling something online. You might think it's the greatest offer in the world, but if your customers don't want to part with their wallet or (laughs) DigiCash or Bitcoins or whatever else these days they're paying with Apple Pay, then it doesn't matter. So you've basically lined up this client's audience segment. To an offer that they really resonate with that just knows them inside out. They feel like, oh, this is me. And then away you go. You're turning the tap on by the sound of it. It's starting to get exciting.
0: Yeah. So actually, I suggested to this member that he come up with a very low cost paid offer Mm -hmm. for two reasons. The first reason was to generate a list of buyers. And I've had many clients when I've sort of run my agency where we have split test a free offer versus a paid offer. And by far and away, The low cost paid offer generated more revenue because it just, people merely took out their wallet, even if it was only for a dollar. I had one client that it was a dollar offer, but the mere fact that they had to take out their wallet to pay a dollar was enough to qualify them as a buyer. So anyway, in this case study, I think it was a $29 offer. So as I said, it had the twofold effect. It made us a list of buyers. Yes, there were less leads, but they were qualified. And number two, it also made the ads on the front end self-liquidating. So the revenue generated from the offer paid for the ads itself from the front end, let alone what the back end would generate with the recurring rebuilds because it's a membership.
1: Way to go. So the name we call that in the industry is the SLO, the slow, yeah. the self-liquidating offer. That is like, that's the magic self-perpetuating machine, right? It's like you can add more money, get more database, and it pays for itself. It's the holy grail. So if you can get an SLO working, and it is rare to get it, especially out of the gate, but if you can get it to work, then you've got sticks of dynamite. You can just blow things up now. It's away you go. Exactly. And I imagine your client was fairly delighted about this.
0: They were thrilled. Exactly. But like many people who I speak to, I am a not a fan of putting all the eggs in the Facebook ad basket. Mm -hmm. So I said to this member, okay, now we need to diversify because yes, this is great that this is working and we're going to keep doing this, but this is too risky just to rely 100% on Facebook. And as you know, I'm sure many listeners would be nodding their head right now.
1: Oh, Alana, you're just so sensible. Stop (laughs) it. Hang on. You mean you don't want to build your entire business on the Facebook ads? that's like rant number two. My Facebook ads cost too much now and it's not working anymore and I'm basically screwed. You know, I can't pay wages. Like stop doing it. People, I've been talking about own the race course for over 10 years and one day it'll catch on. Exactly. I smell a traffic puzzle here. Yeah, so you've said, okay, let's put other pieces of this puzzle and make it a bigger picture.
0: Or sorry, just going back to what you were saying, the other complaint is that my Facebook ad account got shut down. I did nothing wrong and I've got no idea why, right? which is also really common. Anyway, so we thought we would implement this exact same self-liquidating offer onto YouTube. In the music industry, many people are searching for music education. So keyword targeting on YouTube felt like a logical progression. So I helped this member do that. And lo and behold, that did not work, which is why I actually really like this case study because this is never a linear path, especially expanding into other platforms. So we did YouTube keyword targeting and specific placements and people just didn't buy, which was, I thought, actually really fascinating. I was quite surprised. I thought that if it worked on Facebook, the offer could very well likely work on YouTube, but it didn't. So we then had to pivot again and change the offer for YouTube. But what we did do is we put that self-liquidating offer that was running successfully on Facebook on the thank you page of the free offer that we were doing on YouTube. So YouTube ad to free offer on the thank you page, we had the paid offer, not to mention then the backend clicked in as well. And what we found, well, this particular member found, he told me, was that the YouTube subscribers that he generated were actually way more engaged in his emails. And if you think about it, what I mean by that is the open rates were better people responded to the emails and they eventually did buy. They just needed a little bit more time. So the quality of the leads were actually better due to the type of targeting that we were doing on YouTube. So if you think about it, someone's gone to YouTube and they've typed in a problem that they're having with learning a particular music instrument. His ad swipes in front of them. A portion of the people end up buying the self-liquidating offer. Not all of them, of course. I don't remember the conversion rate, but ultimately they did buy. So yeah, I just thought that's an interesting sort of component to this because almost to prepare your audience that it's not a linear path. And just because one offer is working on one platform doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work on another one. And so therefore, going back to what we were first talking about, you can't be wedded to your offer. you got to try and match the offer for the platform.
1: Yeah, I've seen this many times where we've changed an upsell or changed the pathway, taken out steps, added steps tried free or paid it can have double or triple or quadruple type results it's fascinating sounds like the catchment pool on youtube had a different type of sort of interest or intent and often even a weaker offer can do well with a good pre-marketing campaign maybe those people searching had already been exposed to something before or had lots and lots of similar content which is why the ad was served to them and they're just ready to go so they're further down the buying window mm. So should we just summarize the results that happened? I've pulled up your case study page here on your website, and I've got to say, it's uh, looking pretty good. I have
0: to give credit to Anthony. I forget his last name. Chattamoof. Chattamoof. That's it. Yeah, no, he helped me craft this case study. So full credit to him. So there was one last step with this case study is that we then had a retargeting campaign across multiple platforms. So Google search display YouTube and social, et cetera. And that was sort of the final piece of this particular puzzle for this particular person. And I should also mention as well that the reason we wanted to expand into YouTube is just there was an abundance of traffic there. So part of the problem was on social was that he sort of tapped out on his audience pretty quickly. But on YouTube, I mean, there's just an insane amount of ad inventory and traffic available there.
1: This is what I'm hearing. I'm hearing YouTube is the hot zone for people who have maxed out Facebook or haven't considered it before, if you can get it to work. I've even had people say, I've tried YouTube, I couldn't get it to work. One of them actually was a music client of mine. And then he came back like two years later. He said, I've finally got it to work. I've figured it out. And uh, I know there's people working on new campaigns at the moment, and we'll probably talk about those later on, that where they've tried YouTube, it doesn't work, it's going to work again. And Alana's going to be able to tell you how to do that. So let's just break down the uh, stats on the results that happen in this scenario. Again, just a quick recap on this episode, which is 854 at superfastbusiness.com. We're going to put the full transcription on the episode. I'm talking to Alana Wexler from teachtraffic.com, who is an expert in this and sees all the data and all the information so that she can help you if you want to get some help to do it for yourself. Now, in this case, the client wasn't getting a great return on investment for the ad spend. Dug into the data, did the homework, the research, built a good profile, tried some new offers, expanded into different platforms, and then went for the double down on the remarketing. It wasn't a linear path, which means it wasn't always just step by step. So that's the thing. The big myth in the online world is that you could just black and white, step by step, join the dots and have success. It's not that easy, which is why you need the support of a guide. So, 300% increase in leads, 150% increase in sales. Doubled converting traffic sources, sounding pretty good. In fact, I think the headline for the article was doubled the membership sales.
0: Yeah. No, he was stoked. And um, the beautiful thing is now he's diversified, number one. Yep. And number two, he's got control as to how much he wants to grow and scale and he's building his database as well. You know, so people eventually sort of will keep dripping into his membership and he's growing a behemoth.
1: Right. So he's basically set up new traffic sources, he's tuned his offers, improving the targeting. Now imagine as part of the work you do together, you're constantly just able to innovate and make sure you stay in front of any challenge now, any, you know, keeping an eye on the dashboard, so to speak, mm-hmm. coming up with new innovations that you see working elsewhere that you might want to try. So maybe adding a percentage of your time or energy towards working on the future, rather than just panicking about the fact that something you had working has stopped working, which is the terrible cycle I see. Way too many marketers. in I'm always innovating. I'm innovating everything all the time. Whether like whether I grow a beard or shave it off, or change my background, or remove an offer or add an offer, or tune the way I deliver it. You've got to stay in front of this. That's the one commitment I made when I quit my job. Mm-hmm. When I go online, you have to stay sharp. Which is why I recommend. Join teachtraffic.com, get Alana on your team telling you what to do with your strategies and campaigns, and she knows about this stuff. Thank you so much, Alana.
0: Thank you, James. It was great to be here as always. And uh, yeah, hopefully your listeners got some value out of this and they can apply the process that we explained for their own business.
1: Well, I know I did because you know I've got free traffic funnels and I've also got small paid products. And I've got to say, just thinking about this and having had a look at the data, the overwhelming majority of people who join my paid membership subscription came from a one time small purchase product Mm. these days in the non event world and so forth. So I can tell this is a good idea. The one thing I would do if if you're currently giving something away for free, I would try selling it for a small amount. That's one of the big takeaways I think someone might try from this. The other thing is get in touch with Alana. Send her an email and tell her about your website and what you're doing and ask her if she can help you. Will you come back and share some more case studies with us, Alana?
0: Sure, I'd love to. Obviously, I need to get permission from uh, the particular members because people can be a bit sensitive.
1: Of course. <laughs> I was assuming that you have permission. Like we didn't even mention a name here, but we'll put a link to the case study if you want to check it out in more detail on the show notes where you find this episode. If you enjoyed this episode or you know someone who might also get some value from it, feel free to share it. Send us an email if you want to ask a question. Or uh, give it a review and your favorite pod listening, viewing slash platform, wherever you see this. Maybe it's on YouTube or Facebook. I'm diversifying, that's for sure. Exactly. Thanks, Alana.
0: Thank you, James. See you later. Discover how to build your business super fast. Check out superfastbusiness.com.